thank you to our three sponsors for supporting our podcast. John Russell's Art Caterers and Milltown Pies, who offer fantastic catering services. Alexander Grace Law, who provide modern and client-led legal services. And SBE Furnishings, who offer high-quality furnishings and electrical items at fantastic prices. Gary, I'm loving your background. You like it? Yeah, that is quality. Yeah, look at that. That's That's class. Yeah, class. The Law House badge in all its glory and fantastic colours. Yeah, and all the stars. Yeah, all the stars are there at the bottom. Loving that, Gaz. And all the stars are here. Well, Um, that's it. All the stars you three earned. (laughs) (laughs) I really like the headset as well, Gaz. It's like Britney Spears. I know. In the well, early 2000s. I've, wor- I've worked from home since 23rd of March now, and I'm gradually getting up kit together. <laughs> it's time to go back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. Welcome to the Housecast, everyone. Been a while since, certainly for me, fought to most of the guys here, so we'll just have a quick fly around and catch up. Mr. Benaducci, how's, how's things? How's it Very going? Well, thank you. Very well. Just saying there, uh, really um, enjoying Higgy's podcast, but I'm sure tonight's guest will uh, will rival it for stories. I'm sure he will. Indeed, indeed. Indeed. Anything keeping you busy lately? Are you keeping your head no. down? Happy that Boris has said we can play golf again, so I'll be uh, I'll be I'll be playing a bit of golf, but not not much else, guys. Now. And what about you, Joe? Joe M. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. I'm glad you made it. Yeah. <laughs> hectic, very hectic day. Jez will testify to that. He knows, he knows the um, inner workings of the busyness of the civil service. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, very well. I made some uh, quesadillas for tea. So, wow. um, so that was that was grand. Uh, I haven't done much else actually. It's very typical. I've been running. I went yeah. to MS last night. That's M&S. like a highlight of my week. MS living it, living it up. Well, I mean, there's lots of stories. I mean, well, geez. Do you know when I was at universe? When I was at universe, obviously I don't drink, and I never went. I never went. I never went out or anything. And that was also the highlight. I used to go to MS on a Monday. That was my. That was my. That was my day out. <laughs> Is that when they sell uh, out weekend stuff off cheap? <laughs> Yeah, I used to get I used to get some white chocolate, get some white chocolate but- buttons for um, like fifty p down from down from two fifty. Excellent. Yes, and uh, and the one and only legend that is Mr. Jeremy Hope. Hiya, Gary. Nice to see you again. It's uh, it's been a while. Let's even get a few more of these going. And uh, fantastic background for the listeners. Gary's got his own law house badge background stars on it numbers on it it's all colorful it looks fantastic guys um not been up to a great deal really i'm doing a little bit of work for a company doing lots of walking with my little dog and um and just en- enjoying uh, a bit of time here on my own with um you know lisa's working from home uh, but started brewing some home brew with uh, me nicky and a lad from uh, doncaster so we're having a laugh with that oh wow Wow, any particular, any particular uh, is that is that part of it, Jez? Is that is that an early uh, an early session? 
Nice little brown ale that's just maturing. Wow. Cheers. Have you got names for any of these uh, brews? Yeah, yeah. I've started off. Um, first one we'll call Frey Bentos. <laughs> Go on. Just fair. I have a co brew. copyright issue with that, Jez, I think. <laughs> I'm not selling it, Joe. Just right. uh, that's my first brew. The second brew was Special Branch. Third brew with Tom Brown's brew. So as you can see where it's going with it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's driving Nicky mad. It's driving him mad. But no, it's a good crack, uh, Gary, keeping us busy. Are you seeing much at Grand Lad? No, very little really because of lockdown. Adam's doing a sterling job with FaceTime and seeing photographs on there because we you know, can't go and see him. That's, that's the rules at the moment. Yeah, yeah. On occasions, I might just be driving past and he might just be hanging out at window and I might just be stood on drive. But it's a complete <laughs> coincidence, Your Honour. <laughs> indeed indeed a well-trodden path that one i believe yeah i believe so <laughs> cool and before we introduce uh, tonight's guest I, th I guess just a bit of uh, housekeeping we've got the sponsors kindly been seeing us through this year uh, on the websites and, uh, and, and been announced on previous podcasts we've come to another round of annual costs to keep the podcast going various subscription fees for online platforms and where you pick all your podcasts up etc uh, they're not free uh, we do have to uh, find some money from somewhere so if there's uh, anybody out there who, who'd like to be part of sponsoring the podcast or knows anybody who knows anybody etc then um, getting get in touch through the through the club's website all the contact details are, are on there uh, and i'm sure we can come to some arrangement to help and keep us going and, and spread your name around uh, our gr ever burgeoning uh, listener membership and on that note as well i think anybody any of the regular listeners got any ideas or any topics you you might want to cover or any particular guests you think we haven't already lined up yet or have, have on here then please please send a, send your ideas our way and uh, and we'll see what we can do. That brings us on to uh, tonight's guest, who uh, is well known to uh, everybody around the club, I would suggest, and probably a lot of people around the league for various reasons. He's closing in on club stalwart status, coming through the ranks of messing around around the ground, being a, being a youngster and tallying, scoring, etc., then starting to play a bit of cricket, coming through junior teams and third seconds and playing quite a bit of uh, first team then joining the joining the committees, serving various positions on there. Currently, our uh, membership secretary, I believe. So, with no further ado, welcome on board for tonight, Mr. Frank Entwistle. Welcome, Frank. How are you doing? Fine, Gary. Yourself? Yeah, we're Fine all good. Evening. We're all good. good. What's keep what, what's what's lockdown lockdown two point been doing for you? Um, lockdown two point is just busy for me. Uh, it's been a busy year. And worked all the way through. Days leave unusual for me, who's normally uh, off on my world travels. But um, yeah, virtually no leave at all. Busy at work, such as local government these days. Wow, wow. Well, with uh, with Boris suggesting uh, no public sector pay rises next year, Frank, you better keep going getting that overtime in, mate. No overtime, Gary. No overtime either. No, just doing it for the love of the job, sadly. Of course, of course. Yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> well. <laughs> There's a the thing. Right, so Frank, we heard from Chris Blazard on a, talking about life at St. Theodore's, and he, he did mention a young Francis Martin Entwistle a couple of times, and I think the most polite word he used was pest. <laughs> did you know much about Blaise during, uh, during school? Is that how you got the sort of Lorace connection, or was it a completely random, uh, different route down to Lorace? 
And it was a different route down to Lower House, just around, around the same time as I was, or, or I first became uh, or, or knew about Blaise. We'd obviously attended the same school, St. Theodore's together. He was at St. Mary Mags. Previously, I was at Christ the King. But he's, he's pro- I listened to me, uh, the recent podcast. His probably description of my uh, scampish behaviour was probably uh, 100% right. They'd play quite a bit of rugby. The big lads in that team were uh, <coughs> Alison and Hayes, who were bigger than anybody else in Lancashire. Both went on to play for Lancashire, I think. Um, and I used to take uh, great pride and pleasure of trying to do something to wind them two up every lunchtime or every morning break. So... Uh, Chris's uh, description of scampish was uh, was very good, I thought. So, was that just to entertain yourself, Frank, or, or yeah, it was just another reason? To do. Just something to, to do. do. <laughs> yeah, just did they give me a battering or something? Yeah, it's a bit yeah. like prison where they try and try and avoid uh, Mr. Big by getting put in the uh, hospital. Well, they didn't yeah. do it, they didn't do they didn't do that badly, Gary, because they knew I was a fairly decent scrum So Harrison used to be. Um, He's bit number eight, and Easy were a, were a, were a prop, so they both used to look after me when we used to play Saturday afternoon. So, so I, the lower ice route then, if that if it wasn't sorted through, um, those sort of Nicky and Chris type connections, how did you end up down there? We played a bit uh, slightly in the first couple of years at, at, um, at Ted's, and then Brian G used to live. Remember Ian G's dad, Brian, yeah, yeah. obviously Matt Walker's granddad. Uh, sadly, just recently passed. Um, Brian used to live on Scott Park Road. Uh, Bush was on Scott Park Road. Roger Brom was on at the back of us. I was there. There was quite a few. Barry Bromley was in there. There's quite a lot. There was a big um, backstreet cricket game on Pritchard Street, Raglan Road. Uh, so most evenings, the bigger lads would be out playing that and the younger ones, we'd all be either watching or fagging the ball in somebody's garden. So once we got a little bit older... We'd play out there. Brian would come out and play even sometimes, and Ian was just slightly younger than me. But I think Ian was doing a lot more cricket at school because he was Shane's age, Shane Proc, Andy Emmy, or Dave Allen, people like that. So then one evening, I think just one Wednesday night, Brian said, Do you want to come down Lower House? So earlier on in season, I think in April that year, probably 1981, that would have been. He took me down Lower House. So that would have been Jimmy's second year. And suddenly we were going down. There wasn't much, it wasn't much organised then. Brian did a bit. Uh, Bomber was obviously there, Jez's dad. And I think probably that first year, Bill Holt was doing quite a bit as well. Maybe that first or second year. So so Brian G was the person who got me down to Lower House and then I probably never left. And I probably, I've never been away for, for, for much longer. Yeah. So you did you go, did you just turn, turn up at juniors evenings or did you go playing any any junior teams? And uh, how, did, how did that fare? <laughs> I was I was an old uh, sorry I was young for Blaise was um, I think Blaise was July so I was like my my birthday was August so I used to and I was quite small so I could get away with being fourteen and playing under thirteens so ENG Proc Dave Allen Shane and such forth were year year below me or maybe even two years younger than me uh, and I played I played that year with them. In that age group, so so we cheated a bit that year. I think that was Bomber's idea, but oh way, way. Well, Frank, Frank, you say you say you say you was quite small. Your Lancashire League profile, I'm looking at it, it says weight fifteen stone. <laughs> We're talking when I was twelve and thirteen, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> I think you were born fifty, so I've only ever known you that size. I think that's. Oh, I, think I was you're, tiny. I was tiny, honestly. 
Yeah. Tiny to about 15, 16. So, other than junior cricket, then, I mean, who, who would have been coaching there? You mentioned Bill Alt. Who, who else stuck in your memory there? Just Bill Alt and Bomber. They, they, were a lot, they were a lot more the second year I came down. There was a lot more going on that year. Um, I think they got slightly a bit more organised. Evan came the year afterwards, so um, he was very interested in helping out. So I think he, he used to help out as well. So And then once they got a bit more successful, so people would come down more and more often. So, so there seemed to be a lot more people around the club at that stage. Because I think about that time, you're also... Media your presence widely known in the tally box. Yeah, so yeah, I think uh, I remember eighty two. Eighty two was Evan's year. That was the year I first I was first tallying. So eighty one, I came, played a bit of hundred and thirteens. Eighty two. So I remember Evan's first game. I remember him getting hat trick uh, in the first home game, um, and probably got five for, but certainly got a hat trick to finish the game off. I remember people, probably Clifford, running down to the gate to, to do a collection because everybody in those days, there were, there were really good crowds in those days. And I remember everybody used to rush off though to try and avoid the collection or, or just get <laughs> home for the tea, perhaps. But yeah. what sort of stint did you do then, sort of tally? You know, presumably you were playing junior cricket midweek and then weekends you'd, you'd go and, uh, and tally. Was that sort of through like most of the 80s then? 82, 82 83, 84, I tallied. I did yeah. all, I did everything. Home and first team, second team, third team, whatever I could do for the first two years. But I remember Curtis probably second year. I was getting a bit older. I used to go and uh, I'd got a bike. My dad was a keen cyclist and my dad had got me a bike. And I remember cycling to places like Enfield, Cornerway, watching watching Curtis and College tee off in them games. Enfield one was, was, was amazing where you turned up for bloody hell like Lower ice of 50 for four or something. And then Curtie went ballistic and suddenly were, he's just smashing it over the club ice. It, it, it was incredible to fall on lower ice those days. Yeah, I, well, obviously we had Curtie on, um, we had quite a few stories with Stan and Iggy and, and the like about those, those days. So, I mean, coming through there as a junior with some fairly memorable pros, you know, must have been, was that sort of part of what, you know, made, made you take to cricket pretty well or, or was, was it, were you actually doing okay playing as well? I'm not sure I was doing okay, but I think with a lot of youngsters, with a lot of youngsters of the same age, in my opinion, there were a lot of better youngsters than me, but there were a lot... I mean, I at 16, I, I went straight into work or YTS, whereas the likes of Shane and people like that, they went on to university. We're quite a lot of wicketkeepers that day. What was the... Um, what was Darren called, Jez? Darren Taylor. Darren Taylor, tremendous wicketkeeper. People yeah. like that who... Uh, Stuart Higgin as well, who, who went on to university, didn't they? We seemed to go through a crop at that stage. So, not that we were left with what we were left with, but we, I, think, I seem to think at that age we had quite a lot of really good, decent teenage cricketers who seemed to have gone to university at that stage. Okay, so so was it early on you wanted to be a wicketkeeper? I, I thought that was something that came later on that you just sort of... See, I think you did a bit of goalkeeping football-wise as well, didn't you, at some point? Yeah, well, bowl, I was off-spinner when I started off, Gary. Off-spinner, crying out loud. Under 13s, under 15s, thirds, yeah, off-spinner. Jesus. <laughs> uh, but then I, I did a little bit, little bit of wicket-keeping at Ted's, and then I think it, it, I just fell into it. It was just the way that we were. I don't know whether people got injured or the likes of Shane Wentz, Stuart... Um, Darren Taylor went to university and we were just short of and done it before 
So you start filling in and suddenly you've got a wicketkeeper batsman perhaps and then suddenly, I, I mean, I were lucky in some of them instances that later on that I can't remember, I can't remember ever being sparkling in second 11, but then suddenly in what probably late 80s, playing first 11. I can't remember getting a lot of runs in second 11, but probably more wicket keeping, more to go in for wicket keeping. I don't know, maybe I'm doing myself down, but I just, I just, I just can't remember getting a lot of runs in second eleven when I was that old. I, I, I seem to get a lot of runs later on in second eleven. So you end up time served through late eighties in sort of third seconds, etc. You know, looking down um, uh, some of the statistics, you you make your debut in April nineteen eighty nine. Um, that's yeah. obviously quite early on in the season. It's not a Burnley fair. Uh, everyone disappears on holiday and seconds all get a game type selection, is it? So, you know, is, is that something that, that through Nets or early on in the season uh, you were going to get your chance? Or is it, you know, is it a bit of a surprise if you were saying you weren't getting many runs? Probably a surprise, Gary. I got into thirds by default because I was tallying one night, one day, and uh, Prop was scoring. Thirds were, sh- sorry, seconds were short, and Pete Morsey were captain. and. They needed somebody to go over. I just said I couldn't score, so Prop got left to score. Prop was probably in front of me then, on ability, in my opinion. Prop just sat there, dumbfounded with his pen in his hand, and I said, well, I've got my gear as well. So uh, <laughs> Clifford, Clifford, Clifford took me over to Baycup, so that's how I ended up making my second team debut. I think I got about 10 that day, and Pete Mosley thought I were all right, so Prop didn't get a look in then for the rest of the season. He went right happy. So do you, do you remember regularly uh, take your gear to, to score? Or to tally? <laughs> I just left it there, Joe. All right, fair enough. Just left Rolling it in the, the back because you didn't you didn't have a kit, you didn't have a you didn't have a you didn't have a bat, you didn't have gloves, you didn't have with pads around, you just had your whites. And the routine kit the routine kit bag. Yeah, oh yeah. 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 Which fair. we got put in it a few times. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been a big one. But anyway. So you, Accrington away, or Accrington home uh, comes along. You get picked for that side. What's what's your thought process as making you making your first team debut? No idea, Gary. To be fair, it, the, I, I, the only thing I, I I do remember getting was my first victim. I remember I remember playing and uh, when Mansour was uh, was pro, he was he was a terrific cricketer. He was a terrific cricketer. Could bat and bowl and field and just just nice. But he didn't speak much English at all. Um, but I do remember him bowling up the hill from the uh, corn and uh, catching Gary Hunter, just just a sliver. I, and I didn't even appeal that day. It was just in me in my gloves. Probably lofty, I think, was it for a slip. And he appealed and umpire, yeah, that's out. And batsmen used to walk in them days. Gary Hunt would walk. Gary Hunt, yeah, well, that's, you know, fair scalp, isn't it? Um, so just looking at that game, though, it's, uh, it's, it's quite interesting. There's one or two things there I just like. Um, maybe Jez, you can uh, you played that day as well. I don't know if you can remember. Um, one thing that jumped straight out to me. I mean, Lawrence won for for a start, which is great. But um, Trip got five for. Spin. How did that come about? Was he captain? Well, I don't know. I can't see on that pair on that side who, who was captain that day. No, I mean I, I'm I'm looking at it myself, Gary. It is. It is coming back to me a little bit, um, uh, the actual game, um, because they had Robert Haynes, didn't they, Pro, who, who got 35, and David Lloyd played with captain of Accrington. Yeah, uh, who got him out that day, Jez? I think you might find I did a bold in Middlestone. 
or Exing, another ex-international, another well, not ex, but another big big name scalp as well. Middle and leg, middle and off, top of. Course. Well, uh, anyway, yeah, it was. I, I do remember. I mean, I can't remember. I, I, we lost that game, Gary. Yeah. Yes, sorry, nine runs. Yeah. Yeah, we did, and it, I, I can't remember why. You know, because I, I mean, I wasn't bowling a great deal then, but I've bowled seven overs, and like Frank says, Manzoor, you know, once he was on it, you know, if the pitch was bowler friendly, you won't, you won't want to take Manzoor off. He'd do extremely well. So whether you know it, it, uh, it helped trip. I don't know, but it's strange scorecard that because you look Brian Holmes. You know, what a fantastic big hitter Brian was. Mm. And yet we, we ended up nine short with eight down. You know, it seems yeah. a strange scorecard that. Rob, Robert Orm, Rod playing as well, but but didn't bowl. And, and Bumble, 13 over 34 for two. I can't even <laughs> remember playing in it, but I can't remember anything about it. I can't remember Frank making his, uh, his debut in there. I think back then, Frank, you're right what you say. You know, we talk about the Rugrats, Joe's era, and we talk about, you know, the ones... You know, for myself and older than me, Stan and company. But in that, there was a lot of players in that era that you came through. You know, the Proc and the Higgins, and you know, even I know Chris Whitehead was older, older than that. But there was a lot of cricketers that came through, which I think it's fair to say didn't really kick on, did they? That's my memory of that. Yeah. Of that era that we probably had. Lots of lots of players to be able to play cricket. I yeah. you know, the second, third, eleven. We were never short in numbers. No, we never had a. Um, we never seemed to have people that would that would regularly get runs. You know, that, that yeah. were shouting out for first team yeah. places. Yeah, and I wonder why that was because he, they were all typical low houses. Only played at one club, got coached well, all were together as a team. But like you said, no one really kicked on from it from there just an observation about yourself Frank I find it amazing that we look back at this era so how old you have been then in, in 89 22 22 and I can't remember you being daft as a brush then unless I no. missed it and you were just being daft with younger ones no I don't think I were Jez no <laughs> so, so let's get it right you were a St Theodore's Christ the King boy probably went to church then which all credit to you you know, probably not drinking, doing the scores and having your kit ready for if, if, if we're ever short. Is that yeah. you in a nutshell? Yeah, that's probably in a nutshell, Jez, yeah. Right. Where did it all go wrong? Yeah, so the, I think there were report, reports of some alien body snatching around that era as well, weren't there, <laughs> I think? Yeah, let's wait and see if Gary can tease out of you the day when it all kicked off. Well, amazing. I, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We'll, we'll work it out somehow. Um, just to get back those those early games in you, in the first team, a thing that were I, I just clicked through the first few games, and but there was a pattern there that I think the first six league games that you that you played in that season, you batted five five times, didn't bat another time, and and all at number ten, and then the seventh game you were promoted to number eight, got a duck, and then didn't play again for the rest of that season. Is there a, is that maybe the body snatching moment? I think there were other things that were doing that as well, weren't there? So I think around that era, I was playing foot. I was playing a lot of football, a lot of futsal. I would have played futsal before I played cricket back then. Would you? Probably, yeah. Yeah, trips we were going on. Oh, of course, you were going overseas, weren't you? And stuff. Yeah, we were going overseas. You get a call from Peyton and you'd be training for three months and, you know, you could be going to Australia anywhere. Spain, Portugal, all over the place. So... 
Is that, is that where you got um, a lot of your sort of appetite for travelling, you know, more recently about? Just what sport through that side? Oh, or? I, the more recent stuff's um, probably after... I just got to say, I think we went to the, we went through that stage where uh, Phil died and, and, and a few others died and my dad and people like that and, and they just hadn't done what they wanted to do. And, and I just made a, a conscious decision that I don't want to be 65 uh, and retired and start going on, start going to places. I want to do it now where I'm fit and able to do it. I've got the money to do it. And I don't want to be 65 trying to, you know, Michelle pushing around in a wheelchair and doing something. It was just a conscious effort to start travelling, really. So the, so the futsal itself then was just something that you were well into at that time and it sort of just you know, had more going for it over than the cricket, simple as that. If I'm honest, if I was that committed to cricket, maybe that was maybe a bit down to ability or, I don't know, maybe just because I was daft as a brush. But futsal, I, I really I really did like playing football. If you remember back then, the Thompson Centre used to have uh, something in reason like 12, 15 leagues. So we had 150, 150 teams. And, uh, you better explain what futsal is because not everybody will know. Five-a-side football, effectively five-a-side football, but you're playing inside a court. So in a fixed area rather than being able to play off a, off a wall. Slightly different rules. See it on the, con- on the continent a lot, in Portugal and Spain, uh, mostly. Uh, you play with hockey nets. But yeah, so we got into that after playing five-a-side at Burnley. We got into that and it was um, for the first uh, 10 years of its life in England, it was centred at Corn. Played up there yeah. for, for me. So was that, that was like then a big interest, was it like early 90s? Because you were sort of in and out of you know, first team quite a bit that, there. And was, was it regularly disrupted through your summers? You were doing those sort of trips? Uh, I used to pick up a lot of injuries. Um, it, was a, it, was, it was not like five aside. The futsal was more contact the way that we played it. Goal, goalkeepers were allowed five fouls. Um, <laughs> and then if you, if, you, if you got a card and you'd done your five fouls, you could put a substitute keeper in. So um, we just had some tough cookies playing nets for us and we just had free-for-all taking it out. These, um, we, played, we played some teams who didn't like our style. <laughs> <laughs> so we get through... Um... And we might come back to that, Frank, because I think there's uh, I think there's a couple of tales to be told there. Um, <laughs> some crackers. In the early nineties, uh, uh, you know, Jez were captain, etc. Jez, do you ever remember Frank being on a lot of the selection chats at that time? Without a doubt, without a doubt, Frank could probably matured then, for want of a better word. And those players that we've discussed earlier were clearly not going to get into the first team. We was um, and we've. Discussed it to death, a transitional period of the older players leaving, trying to get the young lads in. And a bit like, you know, other people we spoke about on this podcast, you know, Matt Marquis and Frank was never an issue in picking him. You know, some second team players or, you know, were there, you know, they either weren't interested or they were just making the numbers up in the second team. You knew exactly what you got from Frank. Exactly what you got and he, he was a dangerous dangerous cricketer he could come in and he you know he, he's capable of winning you a game you know he's wicket keeping when he got in the first team he, you know he's got Brian Higgin who's in front of him and and then I don't think it'd be interesting to see what Frank's thoughts are around his wicket keeping he had a good pair of hands he could dive around he was obviously a goalkeeper type wicket keeper unlike the likes of Joe Martin and these but he would do a job 
you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll come on to the, the numerous nicknames. I mean, remember, I don't know if you remember, Frank, and I don't know if I'm spoiling anyone's thunder here, but we had we played Bake Up at home. I, I was captain at the time, and I was in my grumpy uh, stage when I'm really trying, you know, to get us through games with some help from some of the players, not maybe getting the help I should be from some of the older players, and we're playing Bake Up at home. And it's swinging around a little bit, and... I can't remember who our pro was. It whether it was I can't remember who it was. Might have been Cameron, and, and they're both swinging quite a lot. Frank is struggling a little bit. You know, there's a few that's gone through. Hit him on the forearm, hit him on the chest, and they have uh, bake up have the the famous spectators, haven't they? Clive of India yeah. uh, and the other ones, and they stunned um, score box. And for some reason, quite a lot on a bake up. There's a lot of people drinking, there's noise from our fans, from their fans. It's all great humour. And for some reason, it's fourth or fifth ball, it's gone through, there's a nick. Frank's gone for it and it, it's, I think it's hit him on his shoulder or something. He's, he's nowhere near it. And this, the ground just goes completely silent. We're all a bit embarrassed, possibly. We're all angry. But Frank's trying his nuts off. He's madder than any of us. And just in the midst of this silence, a bake-up accent shouts out, What do they call your keeper? Greasy Thames! <laughs> <laughs> it, it just broke the ice for us. We all just started laughing, and Frank got on with it, and, you know, and we continued. <laughs> uh, you know, you play with him, Gary. I can't reiterate enough. He was a dangerous cricketer. And I can't really put my finger on. I mean, you've got a lot of runs. I've just been looking, Frank. You know, you've got a lot of runs there. I think your average could have been a little bit higher uh, from what you've done. And maybe you could have won more matches. But you certainly could take teams apart, you know, when the circumstances were right. I really did enjoy playing with you. Just yeah, not I think... consistent enough, I think, Jez. Yeah. Yeah, but you had that ability, didn't you? You had that ability and you practised. Yeah, uh, well... I'd say practice, Jez. I mean, we, were, we, we didn't have the net, obviously, facility I have now, but there's something to be said for, for netting on grass every week. But you were first down, you put the old nets out. And to be fair, my netting was then more about trying to hit one of the windows on the lane, really. Not about actually trying to play a forward defensive or a drive. So yeah. I'm not so sure that uh, that's that, that's my uh, or the ideal uh, cricket uh, practice for the weekend. Yeah, but in answer to your question, Gary, yeah, Frank was always, you know, the topic of conversation at most selection meetings, just as I'm sure you can vouch. Uh, and, it, you know, it's a pity we couldn't get a good run of two or three seasons with him. He'd be in and out and then just coming in, uh, filling in. But he was, you know, it was definitely not just a fill-in. You know, he uh, he did a good job for Lawrence. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, that shows sort of through the rest of the, uh, the 90s, just looking briefly around the stats there, where there was sort of more consistency uh, in terms of first-team appearances, etc. And I think probably it's fair to say Frank suffered, because you, you probably batted in like most positions as well. And you, you know, had a good stint late in the 90s or early 2000s where you were opening quite a bit. And then some games, you know, you might be like 8-9 or something. And uh, I think I think it would as a utility player that often they get uh, you know you fall into that bracket maybe and I think that probably didn't serve you well that you could nail down a, a firm higher middle order spot or, or maybe an opening spot etc are there anything on those those early games Frank that you, any any tales any standout memories that uh, you want to regale us with what did you did you captain when Manoj was 
Probarka was there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you yeah. remember the game at do you remember the game at Tomerden? Yes, I do, yeah, when he got hundred and five for he did, but I think he must have I mean he it was the most exceptional piece of bowling I think I've ever seen. I kept, I think. I don't yeah. know whether I know Brian Holmes might have been second slip. But Loft, Lofty wouldn't have been playing then, would he? I can't remember it. Ninety one was that. If... No, probably, probably not. So it, I'm not sure he was first slip, but I remember we, we went through and Probarka was like pitching it like stump and it was going outside off stump. They were nicking every other ball, do you know what I mean? And and I was probably two foot down like sideways and looking for that. And Probarka was going absolutely mental, absolutely mental. And then, I'm pretty sure you had to calm him down then at that stage. So, but then he went out, like I say, he went out and got a ton afterwards. I think Blaise probably got 15 that game as well. But I think at the end of the day, the slip Gordon and myself had dropped seven by the end of the day. <laughs> Probarka weren't happy. He rotated slips, I think, about every four overs. We all had a do. <laughs> yeah. yeah it was. I, I've got it up there, Frank. Yeah, we, he, Lofty wasn't playing. But it was, it was if, I'm sure we'll all remember it, because it was one of those games where Provoca really bent his back, uh, tried hard, and, you know, the pitch was, you know, Todd's is renowned for a good track, and it's almost, you know, as close as you're going to get to first class. Yeah, yeah 20 overs, 53 for six. And 129, it's not a bad, uh, a bad day's performance, that for yeah. him. And Stan got 50. Yeah, Stan got 50 not out there as well. Did Blez get that day? I, thought, I always thought it was Blez that got the runs, but it's obviously Stan. Got 30-odd, exactly 50, batting at four. Did he bat four? How long did he bat four for? Four? Four? For four. Did <laughs> you run anybody out that day? Is <laughs> there anybody out? No, did you run no, anybody out that day? Oh, uh, no, no run-outs that day. Oh, that's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, I do remember that, Frank. It was a good, um, yeah, a great performance all round from everyone. And that's interesting. Your story, like Gary says, we did used to rotate the slips. It was, uh, you know, you drop two, you're out. And we just used to go round from, from slip to gully to point to extra cover. And then right round then, before you knew where you were, you were back from long leg to slip. <laughs> it was phenomenal. Yeah. I think Dooch always used to, when I played with Dooch he always used to say that it was pointless having slips nobody ever caught any you might as well put a man on the moon <laughs> we went through a spell of it being a run saving position <laughs> Not the no one. more just no, just a run saving position no more current for steam skipper he's got marks all over his chest from trying to catch him in slips <laughs> fantastic we get to mid nineties, Frank, and that's what we say. You, you start to sort of make more regular appearances in uh, in first team. There's a few memorable games that I can think of, and I'm sure um, you can think of a few more, and others will chip in. But we played Rishton back to back in 1995, and they were it, around that time. It were like Nelson and and as in it. we we seem to play um, middle of the summer, belting tracks. It were always you played Nelson two weeks on trot, Asley two weeks on trot, Bake up, Rishton, somebody like that in, in middle of July when you know maybe you had a couple missing on holiday as well, and we were always ripe for a, for a, for a panning. But Phil Simmons was professional at, at Rishton, and he and he'd taken us for a, a big score or two. And I, I seem to remember we were, maybe we were at home and we were chasing a fairly big total. And we'd lost a couple early on. I think you came in middle order. And um, and started to put a bit of a stand on. Uh, I don't know if it were Blaze or some, some, something like that, or maybe even Flegs if he were if he were pro. 
Can you remember that game at all, Frank? Yeah, yeah, I remember it. Because so I think that was, was that your first Lancashire League 50? Um, quite possibly, yes. Yeah, probably was. Yeah, I, did. I don't think, um, I don't think until the mid, mid 90s, I played many. First, I probably only played less than 10 every year. I just, I was either playing football, playing futsal or watching Clarets and sadly never finished the season, just probably did a bit, you know, more of a bit player. Um, but I did play quite a bit those seasons. Yeah, I do remember that game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got, oh. they got a bin load. It was, I, I, it, the tracks were a lot better or getting a lot better by that time, I think, I personally think. Simmons was a quality pro, wasn't he? He could bat, he could bowl. Richardson weren't a bad side. There's some really decent players. Smithy were probably playing them days. Russell Davis was playing. Yeah, decent player. Was well was Wells captain? Uh, Russell was captain. Right. What Robbie Wall should have played, Warner? People like that. Yeah, so they won the league a bit, Frank. They were, you know, they were always they were up there. They they always had good pros. Some yeah. decent damages. The club ice was uh, was flying, so they could get decent yeah. pros, and they were very very competitive. That was. Was that Fledger's first year as well? Um, um, no, second, I think. 96. I reckon that probably 95. Well, 95, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we'd have been doing pretty well because what Fledger, I mean, we all know what Fledger brought, those that played that era know what Fledger brought to the club. Brought an enthusiasm, didn't he? You know, and, a, and that Australian one to win, you know, you go out, you don't just play to, you don't just play to take part. Um, you just get stuck into people. Maybe I think that bit I took it a bit too far. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so talking about that, there's, there's, a, there's a, I believe, a bit of banter going on. You, you and um, Blaze are, are putting a 100 stand on or something, and, and whilst 290-odd might be slightly out of our reach, you should, you're you having a bit of a go, you know, showing a bit of spine, but uh, I believe there were a bit of banter going on in the middle. He banked me a couple of times, I think. So I think I told him if he did it again, do something. I might have said, a, I might have threatened him slightly. <laughs> <laughs> threatened him, threatened him out. You, you were going to hit no, the ball for six, he, Frank, he, something he, like he that. He me the first time. I wasn't, I wasn't a great player of bouncers, and, uh, and, uh, but I had to do it. And I, I think I, I got away with it off the glove or something. And, and then I give him the stare and probably said a few words to him. Which we probably shouldn't repeat over there. And then uh, I think he bolts me the second one. That hit me on the helmet and went straight over the top for four leg bites. And uh, I used to smoke in them days. So hang on, Frank. So not only because uh, Simmons were quick. You oh, know, I, he, I know he was a um, West Indian, fantastic all rounder that was predominantly a batter, but he was a big lad and he was quick. Yeah. So you're going out to bat. Your box on? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. iPad? Yeah. And your lighter? What? <laughs> Just explain what if for the ball of it, your lighter. Yes, it was in my right pocket. It was from... All <laughs> oh, right. Oh, that's all right. He <laughs> so, thought about it, Jez. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the logic behind his decision. Well, Jez, are you getting a premeditation You think you're premeditating? No, I'd have a fag in my pocket then. You'd have a, you'd have a, you'd have a, any breaking play or something like that, they would have a thing. You'd have a fight, no problem at all. All right. Oh, I don't think okay. any of us four would have done, but. Yeah, if you got to, <laughs> got to drinks break, you'd have a fag. Right. 
different times, different times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so generally, with when I when I was in first team, I was, I was captain with selection and, and stuff like that, and 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 really, it was always good that if we if there was any opportunity we could get under somebody's skin. You know, I, I don't think it would it would too difficult to get you or Chipper or somebody just to sort of start the ball rolling. Things went on from there, really, and there were enough characters with uh, quick wits and uh, and fast tongues in, in our side who, who wouldn't take a backward step with any banter that were flying around. So I think you fit in fairly well on that front, Frank. If I'm honest. Yeah, I, I just. I think it was that era you probably I wouldn't back down to anybody I wasn't bothered about who they were and what their reputation were. I just wouldn't back down so probably more bravado really but Franklin Rose was another one I think he was a year, a year later perhaps but uh, we have a bit to do with Franklin Rose and Matt was crapping himself saying oh, he's gonna bowl quick he's gonna bowl <laughs> quick and he keeps talking to him so but good crap good days <laughs> Send more house to save the house. 